permitted him to live. Where? Father? I need help. What is democracy? What is democracy? Got something to do with young men killing each other. When it comes to my turn, for democracy, any man would give his only begotten son. What's going on? Darren Wisely here, Hillsdale's most trusted and beloved lawyer. A title I worked so hard to earn, I gave it to myself. So I run my own law practice where I defend individual liberty here every day. And obviously, I'm also getting back into dropping content for you guys. Last episode was my first one in about a year. If you're newer, my show focuses on political topics, history, and legal matters. My perspective is very different because I give you the truth. Straight, no chaser, baby. You can find this show on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the rest. And uh, I'm also uploading these to YouTube, uh, well, as long as I last on there until they ban me. <laughs> I've already lost one account. We'll see how long it lasts. So today I want to talk about the Dobbs decision, in which the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in a 5-4 decision. And I know what you're thinking, that was like half a year ago, why are you discussing this now? Well, I've had a lot of thoughts on it, and I think you'll find my takes interesting. I just haven't had the time to get on here and voice them. So <clears throat> now that I do, and even though it was a while back, I think it's good to walk through a little bit of the history and uh, see the implications of uh, this, this landmark decision. So Roe v. Wade, as you know, had to do with abortion. And if there's one single case the average layperson knows, it's that case. Simply because there's just so much controversy, and quite frankly, uh, it's just such an emotionally charged issue. Now, anyone who knows me probably knows my take on the issue from a policy perspective. And I don't believe in government, and I definitely don't trust government. <laughs> quite frankly, anyone who still does is an absolute fool after what we just went through the last couple of years, okay? But if we're going to have a government, which we obviously do, we're not going to just wake up someday in some anarchist utopia freedom machine. And people who act like that is a possibility just really aren't serious. Quite frankly, I have no time for them. But if we have a government, or more specifically a state, the role of the state is merely to protect life, liberty, and property, which can be deduced to just property rights because your, your person... Uh, you own your body, you own your person, so that's your property. <clears throat> and that's the exact role of the state the framers had in mind when they uh, put together the Constitution. The role of the government, uh, it was intended to protect your natural rights. They understood that these rights exist as part of your humanity, they're not positive rights. Stated differently, these rights are not granted to you from government. And since they can't be granted by government, likewise, they cannot be taken away from government. The intent was not some giant behemoth nanny state like we have now that's there to coddle you, make sure all your needs are cared for. But people today, they're so entitled. 
They act like it's government's role to do everything for them, to keep them comfortable, these welfare benefits, health insurance, Obama phones. Oh, I need perfect high-speed Wi-Fi to watch porn on. I mean, the list just goes on. And that's why people are so devoted to government. But in this same era in Supreme Court history as Roe, it coincided with this change in thought, which is something I'm going to get get to uh, more in detail here in a minute. So the state's role is to, of course, protect life. That's why homicide is a crime. Abortion is the killing of an unborn human person, obviously without the human's consent. And in some states like crazy California and New York, up until the moment of birth. New Jersey even allows abortion after birth. If you don't like the color of the baby's hair or eyes, you can simply let the baby starve or die of thirst. This, of course, is reprehensible. Now we have these my body, my choice types who, interestingly enough, conveniently forgot their own narrative the last two years when they were forcing maxi pads on their own children at restaurants while they themselves fed their fat, disgusting, blue-haired wildebeest faces. Such hypocrites. And when they militantly enforced policies making families decide whether they were going to keep their jobs and put food on the table or have an experimental poison mRNA jab shoved in them. Oh, but when the issue of abortion suddenly comes back on the table last summer, oh, wow, they go right back to the same narrative. Funny how that works. So I don't agree at all with government telling you what you have to put in your body, obviously, and I don't agree with government restrictions so long as you're not hurting anyone else or violating anyone else's rights. So that's a lot of the, you know, abortion fanatics will say, well, I thought you don't want government uh, regulating this. Well, the problem with that argument is that the individual getting killed, i.e. the child in the womb, has zero say in the matter. And essentially that's why I'm against it, because the government criminalizes murder, and that's exactly what's happening in an abortion. As a side note, I think it says a lot about the culture of the society we live in where so many people not just accept abortion, but vehemently and aggressively defend it. I remember back in the day, granted I was a little kid, but Mrs. Clinton talking about safe, legal, and rare. But now, but fast forward to today, you have these disgusting feminists bragging about the number of abortions. And I'm not sure exactly who's knocking these ugly broads up. <laughs> but uh, it really shows how just barbaric and degenerate things have become. But the point of the show is not to focus on my views on the issue, but dive in from a legal perspective. So whether you love abortion or you think it should be outlawed outright, it doesn't matter for purposes of of legal argument. First off, nowhere in the Constitution, obviously, is there a right to an abortion. This right, so-called, was fabricated whole cloth by radicals on the bench imposing their policy views on the nation at large via judicial decree. And I'll get more into that later. The strongest argument abortion enthusiasts have is that because the Constitution is silent on the issue, it should be determined by state legislatures since we're in a federalist system and states are the ones with general police powers to impose criminal laws. The decision in Roe, however, totally usurped that state power. 
It should be noted that the practice ipso facto violates the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The 14th Amendment requires all 50 states to guarantee due process of law to their citizens. Well, the human being that is being murdered did not receive a trial, a hearing, an opportunity to confront its accusers, or a jury of its peers. So obviously there's no due process, but the summary execution then is indeed a violation of due process. But there's a second part of the 14th Amendment uh, that is also violated, and that is the guarantee of the equal protection of the laws. For example, if an abortionist kills an unborn human in a state where that is legal, there, of course, is going to be no criminal indictment. But if that same abortionist walked out on Broad Street, picked up a 9mm, shot and killed an innocent person walking down the street, well, obviously, the abortionist could then be charged with first-degree homicide. The Equal Protection of the Laws is supposed to guarantee the treatment of like persons in like circumstances the same. Stated differently, the government is forbidden from discriminate, discriminating against you arbitrarily simply because of things like your race, religion, sex, ideology, etc. But the fact that an adult is protected via statute from being murdered, but an unborn child is not, clearly then is an unequal application of the laws. Now these arguments are not obviously the current state of the law, but you can see how easy they are to make with just some very basic uh, legal understanding. And in my view, the Supreme Court should consider and adopt them. So the whole, you must be some religious fanatic, is thrown out the window here. It's obviously a disingenuous thing to say to begin with. Now, I welcome debate from people of all stripes, but I do not have time for bad faith, low IQ arguments. I'm just not dealing with it. I've just shown you and made it perfectly clear the case against abortion, both from a criminal law and a constitutional law perspective without invoking any kind of sectarian views. So to set the table here, I think we need to understand the background, the historical context of Roe v. Wade, and then uh, we'll march right through this, okay? So in the late 60s and early 70s, uh, it was really a radical time in Supreme Court jurisprudence. Obviously, you have this culture shift largely in part to things like the Vietnam War. The problem is, kind of like during the Roosevelt administration, who was literally a king for life, might I add, uh, when policy couldn't be changed through the legislative process, as you know it's supposed to be, like if you watch Schoolhouse Rock, three branches of government, legislature makes laws, you know, that kind of thing, uh, you have these judicial activists acting completely outside their scope and issuing these opinions from their star chamber which essentially is just five people in robes creating a law of the land that binds every person in all 50 states for all time, unless it gets overturned. Now, you might ask, well, well how does the Star Chamber do this? Well, there, there's a few ways, but um, <clears throat> one mechanism they use, and, and this was the one they used in the Roe v. Wade, uh, is, is uh, what's called substantive due process. And if you're asking why you haven't seen that in the Constitution, it's because the concept is a complete legal fiction. They started using this concept and with the idea that there are these penumbras hidden somewhere in the Constitution, like some kind of weird Nicolas Cage film, 
that just grants all kinds of rights the court just decides to dream up. So they use substantive due process to strike down all kinds of state laws they didn't agree with, uh, basically to enforce the judge's own, basically to enforce the justice's own policy initiatives. And they claim this is on constitutional grounds. Of course, it's not. Um, and actually, it's and it, it's still used today. Um, a, a recent example would be the Obergefell decision. That's the gay marriage case. I believe that was in 2015. And it was partially decided, claiming to use uh, substantive due process as the rationale. But I don't want to get too far into that because it could easily be an entire show uh, all the different cases, ways substantive due process has been used, the, and uh, further issues with it. But uh, that's what was happening during this era as some context for what gave rise to the Roe v. Wade decision. <clears throat> so, turning to Roe v. Wade, it was decided in 1973... And the Supreme Court ruled by judicial fiat that the 14th Amendment protects the right to privacy between a mother and her doctor, or I guess a pregnant woman um, would, be, would be the more accurate uh, description. And it's interesting, it's not actually the right to an abortion, as the media likes to say, and it, you know, it's kind of in the common vernacular, um, but the actual opinion has to do with a, what they call a zone of privacy, that the court ordered cannot be interfered with by any government. So this is not a distinction without a difference. And interestingly, Roe even said, quote, if the fetus in the womb is a person, then all abortion collapses under the 14th Amendment, end quote. So this goes to the exact argument I was just making here a second ago. However, the court decided to unilaterally strip unborn babies of their personhood. And in the aftermath of that decision, states were not permitted to outlaw abortion and enter the so-called zone of privacy. So they agreed in the context of the 14th Amendment that I did where it wouldn't allow you to, to kill an unborn baby. The only um, difference, which is obviously a big one, is that they said, well, this isn't a human life, so the 14th Amendment is not implicated. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the next landmark decision regarding abortion was in 1992. It was a case called Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Here the court reaffirmed Roe, but the justices imposed a new standard to determine the validity of laws restricting abortions. The new standard asks whether a state abortion regulation has the purpose or effect of imposing an undue burden, which they defined as a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion before the fetus attains viability. So the court essentially put in a set of standards that a state can or cannot use in terms of information and restrictions on abortion. The opinion's almost laid out like a statue. It's, it's really bizarre, and obviously it's completely out of line <laughs> for them to, to do that. Again, it's more judicial lawmaking. It's uh, judicial activism, or um, what, what might, you might have heard of more commonly is what's called legislating from the bench. So these two cases are taught in every law school to every first-year con law student. And there might be one or two more cases on the topic um, that get involved. I know there's one from like the early 2000s 
I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but uh, really these are the big ones. And these were the ones controlling until just recently. So turning to this summer, the, the full case name is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Now this decision made in 2022 in a majority opinion written by Justice Alito reversed Roe's ultimate holding, returning the issue back to the states, restoring the constitutional order as it had been from 1791 to 1973. The states then decide, because it is a federal system, how they will treat the issue of abortion. And I just love when all these people talked about, oh, they overruled 50 years of precedent. Um, what did Roe v. Wade do? It overruled 150 years of precedent. Yeah, so of course, in the aftermath of that decision, I mean, you guys were all there, you all saw it, you had all these deranged, blue-haired wildebeest types, you know, low-T male feminist uh, Birkenstock wearers screaming at the sky, telling us, we're in the handmaid's tail. And actually, right after the Dobbs decision was handed down, I ran into some guys I knew, and, you know, they were complaining about it. They didn't, they're on the other side than I am of the issue, and they were just... And I told them, uh, look, in a lot of these states, nothing's changed. And they were just shocked that you could still get an abortion on demand, in fact, in places like California. And then in most liberal states, there would, in fact, be zero change. So it just goes to show you that all these idiots sit around. They don't have a clue what's going on. They just simply gargle out media narratives. It's like, what are you doing? Um... <laughs> Why do you have time to complain about something but not do the most basic, basic research to even know what the hell's going on or what you're bitching about? People acting like somehow abortion was now banned all across the U.S. I mean, it's ridiculous. But this goes back to what I was saying the other day. If you listen to my last episode, um, I was saying that, that these studies show that people have no internal dialogue. And don't you see what a problem it is, people acting like petulant children over things that don't even exist? <sighs> the vast majority of the population just simply cannot think critically. There's no cognitive activity going on in these people's heads, I swear. Complete idiots like this should go back to shoving Doritos down their uh, slobby pie holes, watching, you know, whatever stupid things on TV these days. Uh, but definitely they should not be popping off with any more of their worthless opinions. Not to mention, you can still get an abortion legally in all 50 states. Just go to your doctor and ask him for the COVID jab. <laughs> all right, all right. In all seriousness, um, there are some major flaws with the decision. As I said earlier, the rationale in Roe is that a fetus in the womb is not a person. If it were, the 14th Amendment would prohibit abortion. Dobbs failed to answer this question and overrule Roe's rationale. The Dobbs court ruled that Roe wrongfully restrained the states from enacting their own criminal laws on abortion, power that the states always had from the creation of the Republic until Roe. While this is true, it sidestepped the equal protection and due process issues that I've mentioned earlier in the show. The whole purpose of the 14th Amendment was to prohibit just what Dobbs unleashed. It unleashed the states to declare that babies in the womb are not entitled to legal protection. 
So one example observed right after this decision was in Kansas. Uh, their voters decided by a 59 to 41 margin that the baby in the womb is not a person. This, of course, flies in the face of natural rights. These rights, as I said, cannot be taken away by no man, no government, and certainly not by a democratic vote. <laughs> the entire concept of a constitution and a federal republic are both to hedge against the tyranny of the majority, the mob rule of democracy. But in places like Kansas, they can declare you unpersoned just by a simple majority vote. Now you have New Jersey and California competing to be the abortion capitals of the country. Each of these states will pay for the abortion. Well, the taxpayers there will. Have fun with that if you live out there. But California, never to be outdone, will pay the plain fare for a mother who flies out there to have an abortion. So that's where my criticism differs from places like Fox News where they spend all day just hyping and praising this decision, when the reality is the outcome of this case is quite nuanced. And I really don't get these GOP types, you know, a lot of the uh, kind of establishment types. They're like, exception for rape and incest. It's like, um, okay, so if you're born to aunt, mom, and uncle, dad, which, yeah, is gross, but uh, that means you deserve to die. I mean, it's not the baby's fault. Why Why are we being punitive toward it? Um, that really just shoots the logic in the foot. Again, it's not the child's fault. It really undermines the whole argument of, of natural rights, of course. So, I hope you enjoyed the show and got something out of me kicking you straight facts. I really enjoy uh, dissecting some of these big cases and going through the uh, constitutional history. Another idea I had for future shows was uh, discussing, excuse me, discussing concepts like the general welfare clause or the uh, necessary and proper clause and uh, how those have been used through the uh, years to just absolutely hose us. Um, or I could kind of get into the weeds on certain constitutional litigation, um, you know, on things like, say, the First Amendment, uh, all the different applications, big cases, standards, how it applies in different contexts, and just kind of lay out how things stand. I don't know. That might be boring. Um, I don't do this show just to hear myself, you know, obviate. I, uh, I want to get content you guys like and are interested in. So just leave a comment, shoot me a message, you know, get a hold of me and uh, let me know, you know, what kind of topics you want. And uh, I'm happy to put out content that uh, interests you guys. So I want it to be beneficial. Anyways, that's all I got for today. Um, you know, I really just wanted to uh, kind of set the table, work through this case. So once again, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And take care, my thought criminals. Peace. What is democracy? What is democracy? It's got something to do with young men killing each other. When it comes my turn, will you want me to go? For democracy, any man would give his only begotten son.